Special thank you to Seed and Stone Cidery and Lucky Buzz Meadery for sponsoring the show today. Uh, they help to make this show possible and supply us with the, the occasional beverage when we're out there. They've got 10 uh, taps full of meads and ciders made right there in-house. They've also got all sorts of awesome events going on, including an open mic uh, almost every single Thursday where you can come out and show your musical talent. So all you songwriters out there, uh, stop out and grab a cider or a mead and tell them that the songwriters couch and the Patrick Joan band sent you again, seen and stolen cidery right here in Rochester, New York, go out and visit them and let them know we sent you. Thanks guys. All right, so welcome to episode number lucky 13 with the lovely Danny Felt. Danny Felt, thank you for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Um, and uh, I want to thank especially our sponsors, Seen and Stone, um, and uh, whomever else is in the beginning of this episode. <laughs> That's our sponsors this week. Thank you for sponsoring the show. You make everything uh, that we do possible. And thank you to everyone who watches. And before we even start, go down there. Click subscribe, click like, and if you like anything or hate anything during this episode, please uh, write a comment down there, except if it's against Danny. If it's against me, you can hate on me all you want. Don't hate on Danny. She's lovely and, and a very sweet young, young lady. So uh, I appreciate you being on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate the not asking for the hate comments. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then on top of that, uh, thank you for joining all the way from Nashville, Tennessee. We're in different time zones, so we're, we're floating across time and space here uh, to get this done. And not only are we floating across time and space, but we're also utilizing multiple cameras and angles and devices and things, and we took about three hours to get this all uh, oh, configured and set up. But I think it's at this point we're gonna have the best that we could possibly have so i appreciate yes. it so how are you doing danny how was your day today were you busy i was watching bridgerton i'm obsessed bridgerton. now i watched the entire two seasons in two days so how, that's, that's how's the thing. music in that in bridgerton it is so good i remember like when i was learning you know when they were first gonna film and they were asking for all these cover songs like pop songs of like classical classical versions of pop songs but it was so cool when you actually saw it in real time in the show and you're like oh this is what they were talking about i get it now it's really cool like the whole thing is like classical huh. so yeah oh and they're re they're like remaking the like the pop songs are taking like recordings mm -hmm. interesting things they take okay. all these like famous pop songs and they create classical arrangements because hmm. it takes place in like the king queen era so everything's like classical and like proper and like it's really cool to like hear classical arrangements of all these pop songs i feel like that's an interesting uh thing to get into so i'm gonna i'm gonna 
what do you say, whiteboard it? I'm going to put this up on the whiteboard for, for us to talk about later because um, uh, syncing music is is kind of an important thing in the music business nowadays. I think it's the only thing that's making money nowadays <laughs> except for uh, remastering already already uh, made albums that uh, that sold millions already in the past. But I want to thank you again for, for being on the show and why don't you introduce yourself to people out there like where they can find your stuff. I, I always forget like during the show I get engrossed in the conversation, Danny, and then I like... I, I, I forget to ask you, like, where can people find your stuff and, and you know, what are you doing and, and what do you want them to know? So why don't we start with that and then we'll get into the, the conversation. Sure. Hey, guys, my name is Danny Felt. I am a music industry consultant. Um, you can find more information at dannyfelt.com. I also have a music mentorship program now. You can find that at musicindustryaccess.com. Um, you can find my music at dannyfeltmusic.com um, or just connect with me on Facebook, Danny Felt. Excellent. So, yeah, so that's that's part of, and we were talking before the podcast started about how we had kind of met um, and and what what happened as to how we got connected. And, and part of that was our networking um, uh, habits, I guess you can say, are very mm -hmm. similar. So so the way I tend to connect with other musicians sometimes is I'll see them talking to a musician that I already know. And I tend to not just friend randomly people, like especially if they're like they're if they're into industry in some way generally you think okay someone's a musician they're trying to friend me they like want something or they want they want to like um you know and, and while that's true right you want to have some connections that are meaningful and have have some relevance to your life and your your career and all that um i don't ever want someone to think that i'm friending them because i need to uh further my career or whatever it's just i'm in, they're doing interesting things and so i'm interested in what they're doing that maybe what i'm not doing or 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 music that they're making or parts of the business that they're getting involved with um that I, i've not get involved with so so part of that was with uh, uh adam right so so I, I believe we both know adam um and we'll keep his last name uh obscured because he hasn't agreed to be in this episode but uh adam from from rochester here and i think that's how we ended up getting connected um, and I've seen you kind of progress through, you know, what, what you're doing over the years, just through Facebook. Um, and you have the mentorship and you have some other stuff that you're involved with. So what are you doing now? Why don't we explain kind of where, where you're at and what, what your, uh, you know, what your pursuits are right now? Um, I just launched this music industry mastery, music industry mentorship, where people get to access to me and different consultants in the music industry for a year. So I'm very excited about it. I wanted to build something that would help connect artists to people in the industry because I, I know so many people in the industry. And so I felt like it would make sense to give them an opportunity, kind of like a virtual music conference, but for the whole year with different experts. So people in sync licensing, publishers, booking agents, marketers, every topic you could think of related to the music industry. Yeah. So yeah. So I feel like um, like people struggle a lot with getting connected to things, and 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 there's this this old um, old thought process I feel like nowadays with the way that the music industry is or was, where it's like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna go out I'm gonna play a show I'm gonna get discovered by some some A and R rep out at a show uh, they're gonna pay for my 
um, you know, my record, my recording, all this stuff. And I'm going to get discovered and and I'm going to make it big. And I feel like nowadays the music industry has changed so much where as an independent musician, you have to really like do most of that. You have to be a business in and of yourself um, and then go out and reach some level of success before a record company even consider looking at you, uh, let alone do you want to consider a a record company, right? Um, I feel like nowadays it's, it's almost do you want to get involved with a record company? Because what they're basically, and I had this conversation uh, with someone maybe two days ago about record companies, basically just being banks, you know, they're like loaning you money. uh, And then over time you have to pay them back and with interest and all this sort of thing. And it's like, if you've already reached the level uh, or any level of success, then you can get to the next level as long as you network with the right people. Uh, and I think you'd almost don't need the record company. And what you see is artists, big artists like Taylor Swift, like, um, you know, Prince back in the day, uh, abandoning their record companies after they've realized that, Oh, I have, I have enough contacts and I have enough, uh, pull now to, not need their money to do what I'm doing because I'm doing it all already, right? So they're almost like investing in you. Um, and I feel like you've got this networking uh, capability and talent um, that's really important to be successful in the music industry. Um, so where did that come from? Like, what are you? You were a songwriter and and singer first. Are you an artist first, and then? Um, kind of the production and the business side of it is second, or are you starting to like? like feel that the business side of it is is first now like where where do you find yourself sitting in in the industry you know great question um i would say i first built networking abilities from going to overnight camps i went to this one in pennsylvania and it was like i was like there was like a music program and i remember like i didn't know anyone and they're like you just have to go up to people and start talking to them and introduce yourself. And I started doing that. And I was like, this is really fun. I like talking to people and connecting with people and just totally talking to strangers and hoping for the best. So I'd say that was one of like the first keys for me to just like practice being outgoing and just like talking to people. Nice. Um, I the second, briefly, Danny, for one second. Sorry, what? No, I'm going to interrupt you for one second. Oh, yeah. Go for hey, it. I, I, I'm not going to ask you your age, but I have a feeling you're much younger than me. And so I feel like you're, the generation uh, that's, <laughs> that's younger than me sometimes have, has issues with the networking thing because there there's this um, the online you know, relationships, I guess, that people have nowadays that make the kind of the in-person thing. Cause you just said it was kind of a little scary to be out there and, and talking to people, right. And just started doing that. But I'm guaranteeing like probably where you're going next is that that brought some level of success, right. To you, or at least a spark of something that was like, Oh, like I, if I talk to people or if I meet people and interact with individuals, I'll, I'll, I'll be able to kind of break through some of these barriers that I feel are there. Right. Um, yeah, definitely. So the the second thing that really drove me to learning networking is that I created a compilation album in college to raise money for, um, this organization called the Linda Creed breast cancer foundation. And through that, 
I realized it's really fun to like to manage something and to be in charge of something and to bring people together for a cause and to lead. And so that that was like the first opportunity I really had to become a leader and step up and realize, you know, I like doing more than just music. I like leading and using music to make impacts. So that was kind of like the second key that brought me to start networking. And then the third was my music blog. Um, before that, I didn't really know as many people and I would Facebook friends, all these musicians that went to Berkeley and I started messaging them and telling them, hey, I'd love to put you on my music blog. And I kind of assumed they'd all be good because they went to Berkeley, right? So I was just like, <laughs> I was just like friending all these Berkeley musicians and was like putting them all on my blog. And then- Is that the case? Were they all excellent? Excellent musicians. They or? were all good. They had, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of singers, songwriters, but it's like really funny when I think about it. Cause then everyone's like, how do you know this person? I'm like, oh, just like Facebook. Yeah. They're on my blog. I featured this person on my blog. Do you want to be on my blog? And that's kind of how it works. Um, when you, when you have some people, other people get on board cause you have those people. And then it kept going and going and going. And before you knew it, I had over 300 interviews in a few years and everyone was coming to me as like the answer to promote their music. So just, yeah, it was all about networking. Manifest destiny, as they say, right? Like, so, oh, yeah. yeah. So you, you, you just started reaching out to people and, and it's surprising. <laughs> I, I remember, um, a musician, a young musician coming up to me once I played, I was playing some show. He's like, Oh, you're doing all this this amazing stuff like you've gotten on you know these tv shows and, and radio and all this stuff and you're playing these cool gigs and for me it was like yeah these are like little little things right i want to be like on this next level um mm -hmm. but, but thinking about that and I, and he's like what how did you get on to i think it was a, a tv spot or something i was like well i kind of just asked like I reached out to the, to the host and said, can I be on the show? Um, and it's surprising what that'll get you. And I feel like you do that, Danny. I feel like you're, you're in that same boat. You like you, you Facebook friend and then, and then, yeah, you're talking, you know, and it's not all about, you know, I, I feel like you have a, a real desire to have um, actual relationships because you can relate to those kind of people, you know, people that are making music and doing things and, and, um, creating stuff um and i'm in the same boat like i'm not just uh, um like you, you can't just friend someone on facebook and then be like give me this right i mean you can yeah. it won't get you very far <laughs> but you can do it go for it and see what happens <laughs> yeah piece of advice for anyone that's that's doing that or networking on online don't just friend and then the first message you send hey can i can I have something from you? Right. Maybe introduce yourself, tell them what you're doing. Hey, I really like, maybe look into what they're doing a little bit. Right. And, uh, people just right away friend me and then invite me to like their page right after <laughs> without even talking to me. I'm like, cool. <laughs> it, it, it's about relationship building. And I think that's, that's mm -hmm. uh, an important part of the music business now because it's so saturated there's so much um ability to get music out and distributed um that it's so saturated with people that um that want to make money from it like i have i have this uh thing inside of me of making music it's part of it's part of me you know what i mean like making music creating things it, it's like a uh a fulfillment and i feel like 
I think there's a lot of musicians out there and, and young artists out there that are doing that too. Um, but, but I think that the art of networking is, is building relationships. And I think that if you're going to get into the business side of the music industry, especially now, being able to build those relationships is very important. So what have you found to be six, like, uh, uh, I guess a, a, a way to be successful with those networking relationships with the people that you've, you've reached out to. Cause you can reach out and say, Hey, be on the show. And, and like I said, asking, can I, or whatever, like asking the question first is important, right? How did you get on that? Well, I just asked, but I didn't just ask cold out of nowhere. Like I got to know them a little bit and I said, Hey, I see you're doing this cool thing. Can I be a part of that? Right. So, like, if you had any advice to give, I guess, would be my my question here. I would say start with your intention and, like, what your goals are, right? And then base the people you connect with based on those goals. So, for example, if you're like, I want to be in sync licensing, I want to find other people in sync or that have a passion for doing sync to collaborate with, then connect with the producers and artists and songwriters. Connect with the people you see on Facebook that say, I just got a placement, or I'm looking to build in sync, or I'm looking for people to write with, or like find writing camps or music organizations. Like if your goal is finding a band, you know, putting together a band, figure out, okay, these are the key people I need in my band. Now, where do I go connect with those people? Is it open mics? Is it going to live shows? Is it musician Facebook groups or musician organizations? Is it networking events? So I would say one of the biggest keys is like start with your goals. Be really intentional with who you're looking to connect with and it will increase your chances of connecting with them versus going to an event and just being like, I'm just going to talk to everybody and have everyone talk to me and tell me their life story. But then, like, you might not necessarily meet that right person when you're not setting the intention of what you actually want. Once you're super clear, this is my goal. This is who I need to connect with. I want to get a publishing deal. I need to find other writers that are already signed to work with or collaborate with or ask them for coffee or pay them for their time to give you advice. I mean, the list goes on. But I would say the biggest key is figuring out, like, what is your goal? Where do you want to go from here? And then facing, like, who you connect with focus on that so when you go out to to an event right yes how do you (laughs) it's interesting to like bring this up so how do you approach someone right if you're you're at an event and you're you're a musician Mm -hmm. and in your head you're thinking okay i'm here for a reason and so is everyone else generally at those oh yeah right there there's everyone's got this business mindset and there are and and i'll make this clear when you're when you're in anything and and music is definitely a business right Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. you have business relationships right that are based upon kind of transactional things but you also have some level of respect for the person and what have you um Mm -hmm. go about like generally approaching someone if you're if you're out at a networking event because i feel like you have a you have a good mindset for for I would walk up to them and be like, Hey, I'm Danny. What's up? What's your name? Are you from here? Like, you know, 
something like that. Like, have you been to this event before? Speed dating event? Is that how? (laughs) Yeah, I would just be like, hey, I'm Danny. Like, because, like, why not? You know, if you're, if it's specifically for an event to connect with other musicians, yeah, I'll introduce myself to everybody, you know? Do you feel so? So here's something else. So I know you live in Nashville now, right? Right in the heart of. Yes, I do. Um, so, but do you feel like moving to a city that's music centric gives you an advantage or do you feel like you get thrown into the ocean, uh, after being in a pond, so to speak? I think that's a great question. I mean, I would say if I was just in a music city for just being an artist, then I would probably find it extremely competitive you know, because there's so much talent here. But because I work on the business side, my intentions are very much finding talent. (laughs) So it's very much advantageous to my business um, and my marketing agency and like anything else I do, I'm looking for talent. So I don't really see it as like, oh, there's so much. But if I was just looking to just be a singer, then I might find it a bit intimidating, but it's also an incredible place to find people to collaborate with and friendships and people that you can, I mean, I have friends I've made at like the ASCAP expo in LA like eight years ago that, you know, we're still in touch, you know what I mean? So it's like, um, it just depends on your perspective of how you want to view the situation. So one thing, um, I probably want to, uh, clarify, I guess, for people that are watching and especially young songwriters or, or people that are just getting into songwriting. Cause we talked a little bit about sync, sync licensing and that sort of thing but i think that gets a little deeper than some people kind of know about we just talked about it like as if everyone knows about it but i think uh, it's a good idea to clarify that so what is sync licensing like what it, what what happens when you sync um a song let's say what what does that mean so sync licensing is when you get music synced to a tv show a youtube video a movie a video game any kind of audio any kind of video content, basically. You need like a license for it. So when you hear a commercial and you hear like the song on like the Super Bowl or even the music that's playing, even the music that the band's playing in a TV show is like synced, right? So you could have wrote that original song and then that band could have been playing it and then you would get money because the band's playing your song for example. So yeah. basically anything with music to video. And, and um, with regards to Bridgerton, right? Because you were talking mm-hmm. about the classical take on pop songs. In that yeah. Video screen there. Um, uh, the, the syncing of that. So what happens is you have, if you're a part, and, and this is crazy that BMI got bought out recently but so I'm, I'm a bmi artist now so i'm a little worried about what's happening there but we'll see what happens there but anyway so you 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 um have a performance rights organization that watches over kind of your music and sees where is this being performed right is it being covered is it being put into movies is it is someone um playing it in a bar somewhere is it being played over radio somewhere whatever right and they're watching over your songwriting rights and the only way that they can do that is if you actually register your music and it's a very strange thing to get into if you're used to um regular business practice 
practices because of the way that music licensing and, and performance rights rights organizations do things um they calculate everything based on 200 percent, which is very strange for people when they first see this and you have your writing rights which is the person that writes the songs and then you have your publishing rights um and that is i would say my my best piece of advice to any new songwriters out there is one register your songs with a performance rights organization so that no one could just take your song and just produce it or, or perform it without you getting paid um and i i tell this to every performing musician register your songs so that you can you can register every time you perform them live and get your royalties from the dues that the venue is already paying to those performance rights organizations because otherwise they're taking it or the big musicians are taking it after the end of like whatever it is five years where it just gets distributed to the bigger um, musicians anyway but register it and then you have a hundred percent of your writing rights and then there's the publishing rights and generally with a publishing deal or if you want to sync it to a movie or whatever, you end up selling a portion of your publishing rights, right? But don't ever get rid of your writing rights because that's when you, you've now sold the song to someone else. Um, and so the reason that I feel like publishing and, and uh, sync uh, is where the money is now is because there's so much content being made now. Yes. And things like Bridgerton, right, are taking songs that have already been written. And, and Aerosmith is one of the biggest things, like on TikTok. That that song, I remember uh, uh, playing, um, I forget the name of it now, but it was a big tick. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, 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 no. I played that. I was learning to cover it, that song. I think it's, um, I forget I know the what you're talking about. And it was big on TikTok, but it's just a resampled version, a little higher pitched version of that song. But every time that song gets played, every time that loop gets played, Aerosmith gets paid on that. Mm. And so the sync licensing thing is taking your publishing and allowing people to use the, the written song in any way they want. Like, for instance, Bridgerton, right? They're taking it, they're re reusing it. The, the composition, the written song, and then performing it in a different way. So they're taking the publishing part of that. Yes, they're getting paid because they, they had a part in that, but then the writer also gets paid. So if Steven Tyler wrote it, he's going to get a portion of that. And I think that's where kind of music business is going, songwriters, and then people performing it. And I feel like the older I get, Danny... The more I get into that, I just want to write <laughs> and have other people perform it because I'm I'm tired of carrying around amps and and guitars and yeah, all that. Yeah, it's but, a lot, a lot of energy. <laughs> oh, do you feel like the people that you've gotten involved with lately or recently, like what what do you find? I guess younger musicians, people in in Nashville and what have you, you know, are they writing? Are they are they performing? Like, what's the dream, I guess, of, of, of the generation that's coming of musicians? Do you have the idea? people I work with do both. A lot of them, they write and they perform. I have one client, Sarah Harrison. She writes, but she'll also write like with other artists, but then she'll also be a performer. Then she'll also be her own artist. So that seems to be pretty common. I would say for artists to like write with other artists 
and then also like write for their own music and then perform as well. But it just depends on every single artist's individual goals. You've done some co-writing, right? I've only done co-writing. I mean, I guess I've written songs by myself, but nothing that's been like out. Everything that's out is with someone else. So co-writing has been something I learned back when I went to camp when I was 14 for this music camp. And so I grew up learning to write with other people for years. So I'm all about co-writing. Yeah. So how does that process, if you go into a room with someone, do you generally know them already? Or is it something where there's... Yeah. Yeah. I would say mostly people that I already know have been writing with me has been mostly people like I've connected with in person at one point or the other. Um, you can write with people you don't know. I've definitely mostly written with people that I've met before or that I know or have met virtually. Um, the process just depends on every single individual. Um, sometimes I'll have lyrics and just give them to someone to help write melody for. Um, sometimes I'll have lyrics and they'll help with the lyrics and the melody. Sometimes I'll have Sometimes people will play guitar and I'll just write melodies on the spot and we'll use part of that. Um, so it really just, it really depends. So if, if you go into a room, do you generally like go into a room with someone and they have a guitar or like how, what, what explain, because again, yeah. this is called the songwriter's couch, right? So I want to expose like how this stuff yeah. Done, right because it's a, it's such a mysterious thing to people that don't write songs like how how does a song come about and i've equated this to listening listening to what's already there like i i feel like i don't necessarily uh, like i sort of create the song or i sort of write it but it comes from it comes from somewhere Right. And, and when you're co-writing with someone that can be a little different, right? Because you're, you're both sitting in the room and maybe this person has this idea on what the song should be, or they have a riff or they have a lyric. Um, but the other person comes in with this completely almost competing idea or, or a better version of it, or it's exactly on point. So if you go into a room I know you said you generally know the person that you're getting uh, into the room with, which is which makes sense because um, you know you have to almost be having a conversation before you get in there. Like you need to know where each other are. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. How does that generally start? Because co-writing can be intimidating, I think, for people. You know. Yeah, I would say a lot of times with me, I'll sit down with someone and say, "What's on your mind?" Like. What, like what's going especially with women like what's going on in your life you know like what can we write about what are you passionate about talking about um and a lot of times for me it's definitely being guy related relationship related some kind of dynamic related heartbreak related or toxic relationship related like something like that so i will use all of that to channel really cool songs or like women empowerment like women being respected women self-love like all those kinds of themes so i think it just depends on you know what you and the other person are kind of feeling makes sense i'm pretty easygoing so if someone's like i really want to talk about this i'm like cool we could do that um we could compromise like i'm never like 
it's my way or the highway. We have to do it this way. It's always like, it's collaboration. It's a team effort. So I feel like that's really important. I would say the other really important thing is to kind of figure out the splits before you start riding with each other. Cause like for Nashville, a lot of times we just split everything like evenly, like no matter what, cause it's just easier. I think when you get into like, oh, I wrote only five sentences and you wrote seven and I should make more money. And like that to me, it just seems like I don't like that like mindset. I'd rather just split things no matter what, but that's just me. And I also don't really play instruments. So for me, it's just easier, but yeah. Even being in a band, like I have a, I have a full band, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I, I, even if I come into, um, if I come into the band and I bring the song and I've written the song, um, I feel like everything should be split in that environment. And I think most of the big, the bands that have made it, um, and, and been successful in that regard, um, have always split it evenly amongst, because like, like if my, my drummer didn't write the drum part that he wrote to a particular song, even though I, I came up with the concept of the song, the general riff of the song without that drum part, it wouldn't be the song that it is without his drum part, you know? Um, and so I, I a hundred percent agree on that. So, but, but let me ask you this because I, that I think comes from my, um, my feeling that writing music is, is it's like a sharing of, um, of the relationship that you have with the other person. And the, and the reason I say that is because my older brother was a musician too. My dad is a musician and it's in my family. And so when, when I, when I was younger and I started writing music and I started playing music, um, it was never about money or a business thing. It was like a relationship thing. It was like me and my older brother talking to each other through our guitars. You know what I mean? Or yeah. writing the music. Um, did you have family members that were musicians? Like how did you get into doing music? Because I feel like, um, I feel like, people have doctors and lawyers in their family and then they end up becoming doctors and lawyers. And I feel like it's the same thing with musicians. Like you end up, you know, your dad's a musician, your mom's a music, your uncle, whatever. And then you're like, I want to do that. And then you start hanging out with them more. You start conversing with them around that. Did you have family members that were musicians or was it? Um, my grandma sang. So she was a singer. So I guess it came in our genes in that way. And my siblings sing. Um, and my dad's cousin, I think second cousin or third cousin is Linda Creed. So she's like a famous songwriter who helps write with the stylistics, the greatest love of all. So I feel like that's kind of cool. Um, and then my dad's and then my mom's cousin is was is also a musician. And he used to I think he wrote music for the mask. So he used to like know Jim Carrey, which is kind of cool. Um, so I would say like more on my mom's side. I don't think, yeah, well, I guess Linda Creed on my dad's side, but my, my parents don't sing or anything like either that. Um, or what? Either of your parents are musicians at all? No. Um, well, no, but my dad did play. I mean, he, he has played piano, so he used to play Paul, Paul Simon a lot when I was a kid. 
Um, so I kind of grew up, you know, like with that. So I guess you can kind of count that. And then my parents would always put on like sing-alongs and Disney and like every, every like musical, like everything singing when I was like two years old. So I grew up with the TV, with like all like the, the sing-alongs, all the Disney, all the Disney on ice. Like, so I was very exposed to that as a kid. And then my mom, my mom and dad both loved Mamma Mia. So like learning ABBA and stuff. Um, so they, they always were huge fans of the theater. They've always like go to all like the musicals and like supported like me and my siblings all like in the musicals and like all the things, but, but they didn't really sing themselves. But my dad does, has played piano. So I guess you can kind of count that, but he doesn't like sing or anything like that. How many, how many siblings? I have two, one brother and one sister. So do they, are they musicians as well? Um, they can sing so <laughs> but but i wouldn't like call them like musicians like they don't like write original stuff at least as far as i know my brother has made up stuff a lot in the past i would say um my sister loves karaoke and stuff and they both can sing like my siblings can sing but i wouldn't call them like musicians are you a middle, middle, middle child or are you the youngest or I'm the oldest, actually. Oldest, okay. Yeah. Leading the pack. So, but what got you into like wanting to do music as like your thing? You know, because it's a it's a tough it's a what tough industry to pursue music? as a career. You know, like I would say when I was in, when I was 14, um, going to an overnight camp um, for music, that was like the thing that clicked in my head when I was like in the studio and learning how to write with other people. Like we had this music director and he was like, okay, go write a song. And then I did. And he's like, okay, now I'm going to create guitar for that song. Like we had to write like the melody and the lyrics. And then he would like come up with the guitar and then he'd go let us record the song. And it was like the coolest thing in the entire world. And I was like, I love being in the studio. This is so fun. So I would say like that was one of like the first times. Um, but I also like sang in like the talent shows and I was in like sixth grade um, I always like loved musical theater and like the theater and the arts. So I was singing, honestly, like there's films of me, like being like, like one, you know, singing nursery rhymes and dressing up. So it was like really something I did since I was like born <laughs> in your blood. I feel, I feel like that's, uh, that's a, a recurring theme. Like, so mm -hmm. I have two kids, Danny, right? So mm -hmm. my son, you know, learned to play drums a little bit when he was younger. And I think that school, he was in the school band and he kind of like, it like taught, taught him out of playing music. Like it, it bored him, I think a little bit and whatever. And he got out of it. Maybe he'll get back into it. Cause he's good. He's very good at, at mm. saxophone. He did, um, he did drums. He learned a little bit of guitar or whatever, and, and just ended up like not being into it. I'm like, all right, that's fine. Like, I'm not going to push you to do it. But my daughter on the other hand is, is a performer like she she loves being on stage it's theater it's music it's like anything she acting if she can be on stage like in that that world i almost feel like it's a, a part of your dna mm -hmm. to, to, you know to be a performer mm -hmm. to write and create and even this you know like I, I like i see you creating businesses and 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 things like that i think that creative um that that need to create is something that's mm -hmm. in 
in you, you know, that's why I'm asking about like your, your family and stuff, because I feel like it, 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 it comes from somewhere, whether it be like in your distant, you know, relatives or what have you, or it's yeah. in your immediate family, you know, yeah. like, do you feel like there's a, like, if you don't, if you're not making things, whatever that is, do you feel like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I <can tell laughs> like, like entrepreneurship is creative like biz like having a business is creative like i could never just sit there and do accounting actually i don't hate accounting but like only for my own business right but that's just fun because you're like oh i made money here but like i couldn't just work for someone and just do accounting or like something like i also have adhd and i think that's a very common thing with creative people so it's really hard to like sit still doing things that we don't have an interest in. It's really, really, really hard. Um, and so entrepreneurship, I think, is so fun because you get to be creative, you know. Um, same with creating TV shows. Like I worked on a TV show um, that I can't talk much about right now, but I've worked on it since 2020 and just like create it, create. Like it's all about being creative and creating and all those other shows I want to create too and movies and stuff. And it's just because I love creating, you know, it's like entrepreneurship is creating music is creating all the businesses I create are like creating. It's, it's all art, you know, at the end of the day, you're producing, you're producing the TV show. Or are you directing? What, what's yeah. the, um, I'm, I'm the creator and producer one of, um, and we have an executive producer on board and I can't talk much about it right now, but, um, yeah, it's something we started in 2020. Hmm. So I've loved the process of it, and I want to create... That year, there wasn't much that got in the way of production in 2020, right? Yeah, we... It's a whole It's a whole story. <laughs> I'm joking, because I think COVID was 2020. Yeah, yeah. No, we, we all had nothing better to do, so that was actually how we created it. Um, yeah, and found people for stuff, but... Um, yeah, I can't talk much about it right now, but my point is just that, you know, it's all, it's all related to creativity. I mean, even when I was like, I don't know, 10, I remember like I had all these babysitters and like we would create all these like plays or like films and like movies and like make up all this stuff. And so like, I was just in all of this creativity stuff since I was like really young, um, you know, so it's just always kind of been there in my DNA. Can I ask yeah. you so so as you get older now, right? And uh and you get into adulthood, sometimes yeah. I feel nowadays, right, even though I'm doing this stuff and I'm I'm you know, making money off off stuff, sometimes it feels like like you're praying playing pretend. Mm-hmm. Even though like you're, you're making mm -hmm. money off, like it feels like this shouldn't be, this shouldn't be what I'm able to do for money. If that makes mm -hmm. sense, like, um, but uh, I can't stop, Danny. Can't stop doing this. Can't stop right. making stuff for God's sakes. Someone come help me. I'm trapped here in my basement making stuff. Um, no, but. <laughs> So like, like, do you feel, and the reason I ask this is because again, this is, uh, this is the songwriter's couch. And sometimes young people have this, um, idea like, okay, they've done this. 
they've created a TV show, they've created a song, they've created a band, um, someone has written and directed a movie, but I can never possibly do that, right? Mm. There's this idea that it's, there are these special people that are doing this. Um, yeah, I see. <laughs> Up there, are these special people that are doing this, and and uh, you know I don't come from a family that does all this, and and uh, you know I don't have money to make movies and blah 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 blah, and then um, you know and I have that thought sometimes too, where I'm like, what am I, you know, am I doing this? Is this should I just get a job? Should I go back to school and become a lawyer and just just become a lawyer and and do that, or should I continue to do what I love? And I, and I end up all the time back here um like what 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 keeps you going at what you're doing and then do you have moments where you question what you're doing because i think it's important for people to know that that even people that are doing things that are that are make uh, people that are making moves and i hate that that term or whatever the people that are successful at at a creative field i feel like you create something and then it's the next you have to go on to the next thing that's the creative thing like okay you created this thing now it's the next thing now you get a, yeah. you can't even enjoy the success of this before you're already on to the next thing because it's not necessarily the creating and the award getting it's the it's the creation that's the reward in it you get what i'm saying like what keeps you you going and and so i would say like whenever you want to pursue something you have to ask yourself like what is the feeling you actually want because usually the things we want actually is about the feeling not the actual thing and this is what i teach you know people a lot when it comes to manifesting what you want in your life especially money like we're like okay we want to be rich we want money but like why like what what it is, what is it that you actually want with the things that you want? Why do you want to be famous? Well, what is it going to do? Okay, well, it's going to make me feel powerful. It's going to make me feel connected. It's going to give me opportunities. And that's going to make me feel confident. That's going to make me feel powerful. That's going to make me feel happy. That's going to make me feel fulfilled. That's going to make me feel purposeful. And so it's really important for people whenever they're pursuing any goals is to ask like what do you actually like like what is the feeling you actually want like why do you actually want this because being an entrepreneur being an artist is not easy you're gonna make mistakes you're gonna sometimes want to quit you might want to quit every day but you have to have a why like what drives you like for me it's like whatever i create whether it's my tv shows my movies in the future my music my company, my services, my mentorship, it's all about empowering other people. And so like, that's my why, like why do I wanna empower people? Because it makes me feel like I have a purpose in life. It makes me feel like I'm here for a reason. It helps align with a mission bigger than just ego, bigger than just like, I just want it so I'm, so people tell me I'm great. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I think that, yeah, sometimes that like the, the, um the artist thing can be misconstrued for wanting attention. And mm -hmm. I, I don't think that's necessarily it. I think what's happening is you're expressing a very vulnerable part of your, yourself um, and hoping that you can connect mm -hmm. 
with a lot of people, like hoping that there's a lot of people out there that, that also maybe feel that way or what have you. Um, and I think that's part of, uh, you know, I've talked about this on the show too, before when you're on stage and, and you're performing live, it's like a relationship, not only with the band on stage with each other, but the mm-hmm. audience is also looking at that connection. But then you're also, especially as a lead singer or a, a front man, you're connecting directly with the crowd also. So you're having like a relationship with the crowd. But then if you're recording music, it's a little it's a little strange because you put a piece of music out there and people might be connecting to it, but you don't know that they're connecting to it. And then they come out to a show and they say, you know, oh, this this song that you know, I've been listening to this song years or whatever, and and that I think is what creatives are yes. reaching for, and it's not. Yes. And I think the fame is the um, it's like the cartoon version, the distilled version of a lot of people are connecting with what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily, people don't want to be famous where they get recognized and people try and get into their bathroom stalls while they're going to the bathroom, right? That's not the part of fame. That's, no, thank you. Everyone says they hate that, right? Um, when they get famous. But it's the 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 fact that your art and your uh, exposing of the vulnerable parts of you are being connected to by people uh, and same goes with business i mean you make a product i've owned businesses i've owned bars and and what have you and and even just watching people enjoy um you know like a, it was a restaurant that i that i owned restaurant bar um enjoying the food that i came up with was fulfilling because i like that food and then this person likes that food so that means that i have a some sort of a connection with them and not only do i have a connection with them i've I've brought about the connection with them. Um, and it's, it's, it's hard, uh, sometimes as an artist, because you can be, um, your emotions can be dependent upon that connection too. So you have these big ups, these big downs. Uh, that's, that's why I feel like, it's so important for people to stay really grounded and to find fulfillment without needing it for outside of themselves, which is not easy, especially with social media. It makes it very like, give me likes or I don't feel good about myself, but it's so important to find what fulfills you inside so that when you do become really successful, you're not going into those necessarily huge crashes because you're staying grounded enough to like stay present and not just be like, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God, this is too much for me or whatever. Right. So I think it's so important to figure out what makes you happy, like find happiness in the simple things in life, you know, whether it's like talking to friends, whether it's writing a song, whether it's meditating, whether it's listening to music that makes you happy, like having a list of things you can go to, to stay grounded, that makes you happy. So in general, when you have like those stressors or anxiety or like feel like you're going to fail, you can be like, okay, what do I need right now in this moment? Is it I need to take a bath? Is it I need to call a friend? Is it I need to go write a song? Is it I need to go scream into a pillow? Like, what do I need? And I think the more people can get like really focused on like fulfilling themselves and making themselves okay, like the more all the other stuff they'll enjoy without making it their bane of their existence of like happiness or not. 
Yeah, and I think social media tends to um, tends to emphasize the superficial part of part of that connection desire, like the mm. desire to connect with other people. And I think creatives get pulled into that a lot because you have to kind of promote your your artwork or whatever in order for people to even see it to get connected to it and so you can get wrapped up in this world of like developing an image and and doing the 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 selling of the image part and the product and and i think that's why sometimes when people get really um you know they get a lot of recognition for their their work or whatever and their artists they tend to they you know they get called selling out or whatever and but they get become unhappy because it's it's like a uh a fake version of what what they're looking for you know mm -hmm. um out there and and i think that that this this generation has been become uh disconnected from um you know the things that that can really give them joy and and make mm -hmm. them uh, be connected to other people through things mm -hmm. like like the likes on Instagram and all that because it's such a fake version of it. Like if you didn't get enough likes on your post, you know, some people don't even post anything. Like they didn't create anything. They just want the likes there. They just want the like dopamine hit of of people. Mm -hmm. It is a dopamine hit. It is a total um, addiction. Um, it, it's a real sign for I, I think why creatives and people that are that are making things that. Um, uh, like music and art and 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 the like really have an opportunity now um, to like I remember uh, back in the 90s there was a rebellion against the hair bands and the this like commercial thing right and that's where kind of Nirvana came out of and the whole Seattle movement and all that and I think right now um, there's an opportunity for, uh, you know, artists right now to, to really break through and say, um, you know, we're all in this together. Everyone's, you know, everyone seems disjointed and, and on opposite sides of things, but, um, there's an opportunity for real art to come out. Um, yeah. and I'm hopeful. I, I posted this somewhere on Facebook recently. I'm hopeful because I see it. Um, I see it in, in the, the, uh, you know, my daughter's 13 now. I see it in her age group where they're like, I don't give a shit about Instagram and Facebook. They don't even like want to be on any of that stuff. Like, why would we even care about any of that? Um, mm -hmm. and so uh, wow. I'm hopeful. And I think that, uh, that our generation of, uh, people that, that had to grow up in this like hyper um advertising environment i guess you can call it uh have the opportunity to help those those artists come out and you're doing that by by starting companies like what you're doing and and that's that's kind of why i wanted to talk to you because i feel like you reach out to people and you say you know i want to help you get your art out there um yes. and so what what I guess what keeps you going mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I would suppose it's probably finding good artists you know where you're like wow this is really great what they're doing um, and then secondly like where where do you see yourself you know moving uh, what you're doing in the near future I guess next 
next few years? You know, what what do you see your yourself pursuing? Like, do you see yourself as more of an artist? Do you see yourself? I'm thinking about your first question, which is what keeps me going. I would say tapping into my purpose of like being here on this planet, of like making an impact and like feeling strongly about that. So yeah, like when I post about something on Facebook and people comment and say, wow, I needed to hear this today. Or an artist says like, an artist that's like a beginner that public like does PR for their first time. They're like, I was so nervous, but this went really great. Like to me, that feels really good, right? Hearing back from my clients about how, you know, much I've helped them or like my classes. I just like, I just taught two classes back to back for six months at a time. Um, and just seeing the difference that I've made in those artists' lives of like how much more shows they got booked when they shifted their mindset and build their confidence and got clear on what they wanted. So I would say my biggest reason for keep going is impact, like the impact that I'm able to make on people's lives. And like, that's really powerful to me. I've always felt really strongly about making an impact. I did like the compilation album for the Linda Creed Breast Cancer Foundation. I did uh, um, a fundraiser for Ukraine um, in Nashville, like last year, I think it was, like the open, this like songwriter thing. Um, I just did a compilation album for Hawaii. And so impact, I would say, is like the reason to keep going is like the impact I can create in other people's lives no matter what I'm doing, like inspiring other people and people email me and say like, Oh my God, those words were amazing. I'm so happy that you sent that email. You're so right. Like I would say the, the level of impact I can create is definitely one of the biggest reasons. Um, okay. What was your other question? <laughs> so, well, it's interesting because you, you've also taken the, um, the tactic or the stance to assist other artists mm -hmm. with, you know, um, uh, pushing their career, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of artists, especially, I'm going to keep calling you young, but. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. I'm <laughs> 20 like, today. <laughs> so like younger, younger artists tend to be very, I want to be famous and I want to be, um, you know, I want to, I want to make it as an artist myself and don't take the tract of, I want to help other mm -hmm. also, yeah. you know, be successful. So it's an interesting like turn that you, I feel like you're, you're which is why I was interested because I, I feel like you were already years ago when I, when I friended you on Facebook, we're, we're doing that. You were already like, okay, I want to help other musicians, other artists, um, you know, do things. And while there's a monetary aspect to that, I don't think that's what's driving you because you wouldn't do that, um, you know, just based on the money. Cause in the beginning, especially there's, there's no money in it. Right. So you're like, I'm going to help you. Uh, even though, uh, there's a strong possibility that I'm not going to make money off of what I'm doing here. I just want to help you see the, the, the joy of, of reaching a small goal. If, you know, if that. So, I would argue that fact because 
because it's like running a business, like any artists that work with me, it is absolutely a paid service. It, I'm not like a manager or no. anything like that. So definitely make money with what I do, not like doing it just for fun. Um, but the music blog when I first started was definitely like really cool to just create just to help others and the compilation albums, of course, and stuff I'm raising money for, um, you know, but I would say money is definitely like an important part of it because, you know, just like understanding your value and understanding your worth and getting paid for what you're worth. And like, I'd be hypocritical if I didn't believe in myself to tell other people to believe in themselves and get paid. Um, but what was I going to say? Oh, so you said something about being an artist, helping other artists. Yes. So I feel like for me, like having this business and like being on the business side is like my way to like support myself financially. Um, and then I do want to go use some of that to create music in the future. And I, I'm not like, Hey, I'm not doing music anymore, but yeah. I have put music more on the side at the moment to work with artists to support myself, um, which is super important. But also it's like when I do do music stuff, it can also help other people too. Um, for example, like I got signed to a sync agency, which I haven't really talked about much at all um, in the past year. And so anyone that I've written music with or anyone I write music with in the future that's like leverage for them, right? Because then I can just pitch it automatically to them, for example. Um, and then, you know, working in the TV and film world, um, which I've focused on for four years, building the show and all the things, um, that is also going to help me have a lot of leverage once that show is created. You know, even future movies I'm creating, like, will be able to help me help others, right? So, like, making money doing those things and then pulling people that I already work with or know like, Hey, can you make a song for this movie? Can you write a song for this show? Like I have a client here that needs, you know, a song written about blank. Can you, and I did that. Like I have a client, um, who had all these lyrics and he is not like a songwriter, like technically he's a songwriter, but like he never wrote melodies and I matched him with people that he paid for to work with, um, that can help him write melodies, people that recorded his music. And now we're doing PR for like the songs and for him as a songwriter. And like, it's just from the amount of people I've connected with to be able to give those opportunities. Um, so it, it kind of just all goes together, I would say. Um, but I do want to do more music and I do miss like being in the studios, um, and writing, but, I also really have fun on the business side as well. But to answer your other question, like the future, I definitely see myself like running production companies. Like I want to produce, I want to create movies. I want to create TV shows. I want to be one of the most connected people in the sync licensing world, just because I think that would be fun. And being an artist then I can also get my own music and projects. So yeah. yeah. And then maybe someone else will run my music division or they also thought about like having a label in the future, but I don't know. I feel like the sky's kind of the limit. Hmm. Yeah, I've, th I've thought about the the label thing, right? Like being your mm -hmm. own label, uh, especially just like locally. And, and you're in Nashville, which is a great place to be. And I think there's a lot of 
you know, local young artists that, that can be helped by even just a little bit of a, you know, small, little, tiny label that's willing to distribute them, maybe record them or whatever, and maybe help like, Hey, yeah. you know, sync, you know, like for, for sync and stuff, like, like ch- check this out at least. Um, and I think that, um, I'm in the same boat. Like as I get, uh, as I get, uh, um, younger, <laughs> As I, as I age like a fine cheese, as they say, um, uh, I find myself. Um, I find myself uh, not only wanting to um, spread kind of the knowledge that I've learned over the years about what the music business is, um, but 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 help. Because uh, I remember when I was younger, it was it was a whole different world back there before computers and all that. I'm real old, Danny. Um, you know, recording on four track tape recorders and stuff like that. You know, and and doing stuff. Um, but like help help record people get get them out into the you know into distribution because there's there's musicians that I see performing out there just at open mics and stuff that are amazing, like amazing songwriters that that just need to be like heard. And and I don't know if I'm just like in this this uh, cloud world of like oh, I love musicians, so you know I fall in love with the, these these songs that they write. Um, but I think there's so much talent out there and so much fresh material, and and in the world where we're getting material from AI, mm-hmm. like I, I think there there's a market out there for it too. Um, so let's mm-hmm. let's do this because I think we're coming up here on something an hour. Two or, wherever. I think we're on one one hour and six minutes. One hour and six minutes. So we'll <laughs> we'll call it here. But I do want to get into the, um, not today, but I, I'd like to have you on again at some point in the future if you're interested, of course. And maybe I'll come down to Nashville and we could do a, a live because I'm I'm down there uh, every once in a while. I have a, a nice Airbnb Airbnb that I go to all the time. That's down there. Um, but um, but I wanted to get into the technical. Uh, parts of like sync licensing and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. What, what what's yeah. and like like you said with Bridgerton, you know, re you know licensing a song that's already been written and then re-performing it. You know, yeah. uh, cause there's there's money to be made there too. So, but for now, let's end it. And I want to sure. say you're a great great guest tonight. Uh, Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This has been I'm awesome. Fired. And then I'm not tired anymore now that I'm talking. So I, I, <laughs> um, so what do you want to promote? Uh, what do you want people to see, uh, yeah. hear, listen to, go to, uh, links, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, um, definitely my – so I have I'll, – I'll say them really quick. I have a new mu- – I have three new ways to work with me. The first level is basically a Facebook group of artists, um, and I'm going to be posting, like, journal prompts and, like – opportunities I learned about in sync and songwriting and performance and whatever I learned about, I'm pretty much putting into this Facebook group. Um, and then that's like level one. And then you'll also get access to this, like audio messages about just like business and mindset and life and music and basically my journey and like all the lessons I'm learning in real time. Um, and then level two is they get to people get to have access to me like once a week for the year. It's like they're all 12 months. Um, and then they also can select one mentor per month in whatever it is that they want to focus on. So whether they want to learn sync licensing, talk to supervisors, talk to publishers, 
learn about making money with like brand deals, uh, making money with live performances, getting live performance training, talking to booking agents, etc. And then the third level is two calls a month. They also get into our sync program, which is where we pitch the music to music, TV, film, and libraries or sync agencies. Um, and then, yeah, so that's pretty much the three programs. Um, and then they can just learn about that by going to musicindustryaccess.com. It's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you this, being that yes. you're in Nashville, right? And you've been there, you've been there a few years, right? Yes. Do you eat meat? Huh? Are you a vegetarian or do you eat meat? Oh, do I eat meat? I, yeah. didn't, I thought you said, did we meet? <laughs> meat at all? I was like, I don't think we met. Um, no, I'm not a vegetarian. Right. Um, but I have been. Yeah, sorry. Barbecue place in Nashville? Favorite barbecue place? Is that what you said? Edley's? Edley's is so good. What What do you get from there, Edley's? Um, mashed potatoes and turkey and... Um, they have like the best turkey. banana pudding. Yeah, turkey like, from a barbecue. What kind of turkey is it? Like a whole or chicken? I don't know if it's like turkey or chicken. <laughs> you don't do the ribs or brisket? No. Or... Uh, no, but I'm sure the brisket's really good, but I don't think so. I don't usually, I usually have white meat, not dark meat or right. like not red meat. Sorry. Like I don't have like pork or like hamburgers, like I mean, I can, but like, I just, what's your favorite food in, in that? If you were to recommend a restaurant, because I'm super into food, Danny. So <laughs> if you were to recommend a, a place, someone comes down to Nashville, young songwriter, let's say comes down, right? They got a gig finally in Nashville. They're ready to play Nashville and they want to eat. I like at least like if you want barbecue food, like at least I like true food kitchen, which is like a healthy restaurant place. Um, because I like healthy stuff, but like Edley's is really good. I, I think. I mean, Martin's is too, um, and the other ones, but I really like Edley's. So chicken, mm-hmm. mashed potatoes, you know? Yeah. I'm not a fan of mashed potatoes. I don't know why. I like roasted potatoes. I don't know if we can be friends anymore. <laughs> why like the mashed like um mashed potatoes grits i like i like grits which is weird a mashed that's potato. a nashville thing nashville has lots of grits hmm. nashville hot chicken do you like the hot chicken? yeah that's a thing i don't really have spicy food a lot but yes that's definitely a thing how about this venue to go see new artists down in um anywhere i would say in east nashville which I can't think of right now, but like all the music, all the rock venues, the not Broadway, not Broadway. Well, you know what? If you've never been to Broadway, you should definitely check out Broadway. But I'm not. It's not my thing. It's very loud. A lot of people, just not my thing. Yeah. So, so that's that's kind of a new uh, uh, or a new person to Nashville thing because you're gonna want to go down on Broadway. You're gonna mm-hmm. want to bands there whatever it's mostly cover bands it's like mm-hmm. it's kind of cool because it, there's music just everywhere it's like white noise as you're walking down the street because there's you know hundreds and thousands of people or whatever as you're walking down and there's just music on all floors of every building but um, mostly cover bands and all that and and i agree with you east side of nashville is the place to go because yeah little places and, and nashville in general is a cool little city uh for yeah them. um yeah, so, it is definitely. So, if they want to sponsor you again, what's the name of that restaurant? Eddie's. 
Edley's. 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 I'm going to have to go down because I don't know if I've been to Edley's. I had some. Oh, pl- it's so good. I would go there like right now. It's like. Yeah. Good. Uh, there's a vegetarian place on. Uh, I've played there a bunch of times too. They do like a an open mic thing. I think I know what you're talking about. That's really close to me, but I I don't know the name of it, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's real real good. Um, but then I had I'm not into ribs, but I went to some place the deep fried ribs. I got to find the name of that place. Uh, I'll promote they it. They deep fry everything in Nashville. <laughs> Did I try everything in Nashville? Either? Is it they deep fry everything in oh, Nashville? Oh, do they? Yeah, but deep fried rib, like I didn't, I don't like rib. I think so. Everything's fried. I mean, not everything, but like the not natural much, food. Much meat on the the ribs. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. I just not wasn't interested in it. But the deep fried thing, it's fucking delicious. <laughs> deep fry a rib every once in a while. I put a little coating on it. Yeah, um, all of that is super good here. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it Danny <laughs> episode, and and I have to have you on again. Okay. If, sure. If um, Absolutely. I'd love to be on again. again. So. <laughs> I don't know what you just said. Locked in. Um, please go down, subscribe, comment. Again, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you to CN Stone and our other sponsors for sponsoring the episode. I had a great time. Uh, I was drinking whiskey this time, so I apologize to CN Stone. I don't have any cider here, but I'll, I'll refill this week, I promise. Um, mm-hmm. And Danny, again, thank you for being on on the show one more time the website was danny dannyfelt.com um or musicindustryaccess.com or musicindustrymastery.com i have three websites it's fine <laughs> and, and and thank you everyone have a great holiday i think this will be out before the holidays if not hope you have a great holiday <laughs> and danny thank you for being on the episode i appreciate it um and uh see you guys on the next one